What's up, guys? Welcome to The Huddle. I'm your host, Gabby Cromwell. I'm your co-host, Brayden Cromwell. And we are so excited to be recording our second episode with you guys. Thank you so much, first of all, for hanging with us on the first episode. It was very long. Almost, almost too long. (laughs) And if you didn't listen to the first episode, um, the first episode was just about who we were, um, our testimonies, kind of just a little bit about us, where we grew up and why Indiana Wesleyan. And we're this second episode, we're going to jump kind of into more of our callings and what brought us to ministry as well as our ministry that we have just started getting off the ground called One Day at a Time Athletes. Mm-hmm. Still in the making. Still in the making. We are continuing to get that ministry off the ground, but we are very excited to share more about that as well because that is kind of where Huddle is based out of. So yeah, we are once again going to start with my handsome husband, Brayden Cromwell. And Brayden, you wanted to be an elementary teacher right? That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So take us through the thought process of going from elementary teacher to ministry major. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to interrupt you one more time. Why elementary teacher at first? And and that was that's that passion started in high school, right? uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Take us through that. I was a teacher's assistant my senior year of high school. And mostly I was in the special ed room to help kids that struggled in school and just like help them learn different subjects in a different way rather than the way they're taught and just try to connect with them through that. And I think, I think I was really, really good at that because when I was in elementary school, I did not know how to do math to save my life, did not know how. And I needed extra help in different ways to learn math. So I think me going through that helped me connect with these kids better and help them like look up to me more in a way. And granted, we are a small school, so they, they all knew me. I mean, our elementary was connected to the high school, so that, so that helped big time. So would you say like a lot of the time the kids in the classroom looked up to who you were and just really enjoyed having somebody that they were watching in sports teaching uh, their classes? Oh, for sure. Um, a lot of times, a lot of the kids would argue who got to work with me that day. And the the teaching... So you were aspect, just popular. You were famous I mean, it, at Scobie. It was a small town. <laughs> but yeah. So, so did you just... I mean, really, it wasn't so much about like a favorite subject you had that you wanted to teach. It was more about the connection with the students. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed teaching them any subject besides English, because at that time I hated to read and write, but now <laughs> things have changed. I actually enjoy those things. But yep. uh, yeah, I didn't really care what subject it was. If it was history, that was amazing. I enjoy history. But a lot of the times kids were not in that room because of history. It was mostly math, science, right, English, that type of stuff. But yeah. And then through that, a lot of my high school teachers encouraged me to go into teaching because they saw me just how well I worked with the students and they pictured me being a great teacher is what they told me. So that's kind of how I got into teaching, how I ended up at Montana Western to pursue that. And your mom is a teacher. Yes. So she's a fourth grade teacher. (laughs) So did that kind of inspire you just having your mom as a teacher, seeing her as a teacher, did that inspire you in any way? Absolutely not. No, I I did not want to be a teacher up until 
my senior year of high school. Okay. And actually, when I told my mom I was going going to be going to school for teaching, she she tried to talk me out of it. Yeah. She's like, "Do not do it." She's like, "Don't." But do she it. loves she loves teaching. Oh yeah, she loves her job, but she did not want me to do it. Yeah. She she just there's just a lot of things that are happening in the world right now and a lot yeah. of things teachers have to deal with and she just right. warned me about that type of stuff. Right, right. So, and before you thought about being a teacher, you thought about being a physical therapist. Correct. That was just kind of a, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of everyone yeah. that grows up in sports. Yeah. They all want to <laughs> be PTs. So that probably played a role in it, but yeah, that ne- that never right. happened. That goal, that goal's no longer. So fast forwarding, you obviously commit to Montana Western, which is because it's a great school to go to for teaching degrees. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so you are enjoying the process at Western. Oh yeah, learning it to was te- great. Yeah, it, I I enjoyed my classes. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed my professors. It it was great. I I really enjoyed it, but there's just some tugging at my heart that this it just wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah, and when we first met, you were pretty new to your test uh, your testimony, yes, but like my your relationship faith. with God, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of how we touched mm-hmm. on in the last episode. And so, I mean, being a minister was not on your radar any in any way. Oh no, not at all. You especially, were like absolutely especially not. like you probably didn't even know jobs pertaining that really no not that's kind of how i was too like pursuing sports ministry now i didn't even know that was a thing and i think a lot of that has to be with coming from montana yeah and especially where i'm from because it's so isolated like we didn't have fca till i was a senior in high school right and that's 2020 and that was right around when covid started yeah it wasn't long before that so like yeah we're just i'd say we're just way behind in that aspect yeah which kind of stinks because, like, yeah, I never even would imagine right. that would be a job for someone. So, when, I mean, you obviously didn't feel the tugging right away at Western. Mm-mm, no. I brought, you know, one no. of our first dates was at church, was at the church I was going to at the mm-hmm. time, which was Venture in Bozeman. Mm-hmm. And that's when you, I mean, I don't remember if we touched on this in the first episode, but I brought Braden to a sermon, um, a worship service there, and he was crying within the first mm-hmm. song. Oh, yeah, bawling my eyes out. And was that kind of a time when you were like, whoa, like I've never been to a church like this? Yeah, yeah. Um, It was a lot more modern than what I was used to. Granted, I grew up in the Lutheran church, but um, it had nothing to do with the modernness of the church or anything. Absolutely not. For whatever reason, I just, it just, there was some type of connection there. I, I felt the Holy Spirit moving, but at that time, didn't know what what it was but like truly i felt the weight lifted off my shoulders at that sermon i didn't know why i was crying i was freaking embarrassed because it was like our first date didn't know what you would think of me (laughs) so yeah i was just like it was it was crazy times yeah so that happens Mm -hmm. you're growing immensely in your faith oh yeah i'm in your i'm in my bible every day yeah since that moment so Take us through that process of, wow, I feel the tug to step into a ministry role. Because that's a big decision to make, going Mm -hmm. to a school for one thing and then finding out, yikes, I have a different calling on my heart and this school does not offer anything that I need. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so towards the end of my schooling at Western. In the first year. Yeah, for freshman year, there's there's this tug and it just like it's like brain you're not you're not supposed to be a teacher type of thing. And I'm and I'm just kind of in this spot like, well, what the heck am I supposed to be doing then? So I, I transfer. I go to Montana State for a little bit. Right, which was where I was. Yeah, it was closer to Gabby. Granted, she had the possibility of getting another surgery. So that was another reason why I transferred to Montana State at the time. But really through that time, I got more involved in the church. And just the people I was around, they were helping me grow in my faith and just continue this relationship with God. And I'd say that's really when I got the calling. Like through the first couple months at MSU, I, I tried going into agronomy because that was like my second. Right, which is what? Crop science? Interest. Yes, that was my second interest. And God was like, no, it's not that either. And then. And you knew that within the first half, oh, half of the first mm-hmm. semester. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I met with Charlie. Yep. Pretty early on. And Charlie with, was our pastor at Venture mm-hmm. in Bozeman, Montana. And I was like, man, I just think I have a calling to ministry. And I was just kind of looking for that assurance. And we just continued to talk and he gave me advice and next thing you know he's given me advice to get engaged get married move to indiana wesleyan to pursue this calling to see if it's truly like a calling that god put on my heart and and i'm looking back now and oh yeah 100 percent. yes so when you were sitting in that meeting with charlie because obviously i mean he's an he's in a he's a great pastor mm-hmm. and he amazing. is i mean has amazing insight and is just so good at giving advice where it's needed mm-hmm. and where you don't think it's needed he's also good at giving you the advice there too so mm-hmm. so he you walk in there you talk about how you love me and we're thinking about possibly getting engaged soon not sure how soon and you tell him you've got this nudge and you want to hear more about it. And he just slams you with, this is what you need to do. Yeah, if he, you love her, what are you waiting for? Exact, that's exactly Propose to he her, said. marry her. You two go 1,500 miles away and figure out what your true calling is. Mm-hmm. And go surround yourself with amazing yep. like-minded people to pour into you. Yeah, that sums up our whole conversation. So how did you feel in that moment when he said that to you? It was weird. Um, and I actually felt totally fine with it. Yeah, there, were you there like, was some type of peace over it. I wasn't yeah. nervous, scared. I was more scared to bring it up to you. Yeah, and my parents, I would say. Me too, my but, parents. Yeah, that too, <laughs> especially the engagement part. But <laughs> for myself, as far as like pursuing that and pursuing a ministry calling, and our relationship, it it didn't scare me at all, and. That's just kind of was like how I knew it was right. Right. But right. Yeah, it's kind of how where I got my calling, how it all came about. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so um, let's let's hear your <laughs> let's hear your story. Hear my story. Did, did this happen pre-injury, post-injury, in the midst injury? Yeah. So it's actually kind of crazy because. I was not, like, the best student in high school. I mean, I got good grades. I like, wasn't, like... Like, behavior-wise oh, or no, intelligence? No, intelligence-wise. Like, okay. I mean, I was a good kid, but you I didn't... Are, are you sure? I was, I'm pretty sure. Teachers would agree? 
teachers would agree. Okay. Hopefully, if my teachers are listening. <laughs> um, but no, I I mean, I had the intelligence. I just didn't have the work ethic in the classroom. My work ethic was being used up as an athlete, which is kind of crazy because you would think like, oh, she works hard on the court. Why wouldn't she work hard yeah, in the you classroom? Got, you got to carry that over. So I, I didn't really, nobody really told me either that good grades help you get to bigger colleges for athletics because they see you take on a course load, you get good grades. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, she can handle it. So I think for me, it was kind of funny because I, I always wanted to be in the medical world. I thought it was amazing and so intricate. And I just thought it was just so incredible what surgeons, doctors, people like that could do. So I actually thought about being a surgeon, which is mind blowing because I was not taking AP classes. I wasn't doing anything to help me remotely get to a place to do that. It just wasn't meant to be. No, absolutely not. So, but by my junior year, when I started going through my injuries, my athletic trainer um, played a big role in that too. I just loved seeing him work with athletes. Did you, did, was it like the part where an athlete was hurt and getting back that interested you or was it just you had yes. a... It was that, exact that. Yeah. I, I thought, because I went through some minor injuries at the beginning of my high school career in sports. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was really cool to see the connection I made with my athletic trainer and seeing him put so much work into even the smallest of injuries. And he always had a great mindset about it. And I just thought, how cool is it to have a relationship like that with athletes where you're getting down in the hurt with them? And so that's always been a tug on my heart. It's like a reward. To yeah, see them succeed and it wasn't something. and it wasn't so much that I didn't have a great relationship with God. I didn't know what getting down in the hurt was, but I just knew it was something I you had an idea was interested in it. Yeah, and so when I went through my medical issues, <clears throat> whatever you want to call those, I you know met Cole Schram, who's an incredible PT, and that's where I was like, I would love to be a PT. That's even cooler because you get to see the athlete. From the time they get injured, the time they walk out of surgery, to the time you you help them get back to their sport. And something about that just interested me and inspired me. And it's kind of crazy because all through my injury, that's what I thought about. And this is when I started to have a very good relationship with God. Well, well enough relationship with God where I was starting to learn more about who he was and how to incorporate him into my life and how to live out a life. Uh, for Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I think what interested me was how can I connect the two of those together? Because when I talked to Cole Schramm about it, it wasn't like there's not a lot of freedom to be able to talk about religion in the medical world. I mean, you have to protect patients. You have yep. to protect people. You have to protect yourself. You have to protect yourself. You can't just go around in a, in a protected environment like that and speak your mind because it could offend someone someone could not believe in god someone could believe in god in a different way different religions and so it was kind of like it wasn't forbidden but it wasn't like you had the freedom it can be a lot more challenging right and so by my senior year um of high school i was kind of like still into it cole Schramm and i kind of talked he and and i think what made me realize i could do it was how he ministered to me as a PT. He he totally waited for me to open that door. But once I opened that door, he like completely just like stepped alongside me in that way and helped me continue to walk with Christ through something so difficult 
and keep that faith intact because that was the most important thing above all else. And he helped me realize you're not a basketball player. You're not a comeback kid Mm -hmm. because that's what I became in Belgrade. I was like the comeback kid. That's what the people thought of you, right? Yes. When I made it back my senior year, that's that's who I was. I mean, literally Mm -hmm. they had T-shirts that said, guess who's back? Gabby's back. New station. Yeah. So it just really became a huge comeback story. And that's kind of it's kind of ironic because I was working so hard to make basketball more of just my platform, not my not my identity. But then Mm. it was like the comeback kid became my identity. Right. And so when I signed to Western, I don't really know if it was so much that I really, really wanted to play basketball as much as it was. Oh, my gosh. I have this weight of everybody is calling me the comeback kid. Yeah, was there some pressure there? Oh, absolutely. Think? Yeah. So, and I never really prayed like I should have about it. But fast forward, I'm at Western 2. I'm in kinesiology courses. I'm loving it. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot. I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was super fun. Um, I met great people. Some of my basketball teammates were in that class. Um, I was partners with them. It was super, super fun. However, I once I moved home, to go through my surgeries again it was like boom it was an instant like i was conflicted it was like a gut punch oh yeah because once i started going through it again and i saw cole again and i was just like it just seemed like a few months into my recovery it wasn't so much i wanted to be a pt mm-hmm. i wanted to be able to have the freedom to talk about my faith to athletes mm-hmm. and what does that look like how do you even do that right because you can't go be a coach and do that you can't be a pt and do that you mm-hmm. can't there's not a lot of jobs out there where you have the freedom to talk about that with athletes because everyone, you have to protect everyone and you don't want to, you have to protect yourself. Like you said, you don't want to make, be offensive Mm -hmm. and no one ever intends to be offensive, but everybody takes things differently. It's just just the world nowadays. So I remember talking with Cole Schramm a little bit about it and he was just like, he kind of just opened the door for me to, talk to Charlie Carpenter, who's our pastor at Venture, about maybe doing some type of ministry residency where I could just see if that was something that I had um, a spiritual gift for. Mm-hmm. And so I remember talking to Charlie about it, and they were super awesome enough to open up the program to me, even though I had no college experience, no ministry experience, nothing. And so I started that, and that's where it really took off. That's where I was like, absolutely, this is what I want to do. Was that like the assurance, like God's calling me into ministry? Yeah, I think that that was the time where I was like, this is what, like walking into a church as your job was Mm -hmm. mind-blowing to me. Like, Mm -hmm. You found joy in it. It wasn't so much about just, wow, you can get paid to do something like this at all. If If you didn't have to have money in the world, I would still do that. But I think it was more just the fact that you walked into a spiritual place and you got to call that work. Mm -hmm. Because I just think so many times people will go do things that they're not so passionate about and they're stuck doing that for the rest of their lives. Oh, yeah. You got to do what you love. Yeah. So that's when it started for me for ministry. However, I didn't I had no idea how to connect ministry and sports until FCA Seeing that in high school helped me say, okay, maybe that's who I can work with. Once I started the residency program, that's when I was like, okay, so I can hone in on student ministry stuff, kids ministry stuff, and then take those things I learn and come alongside uh, with Jones, which was the FCA guy in our area in Bozeman and Montana. And how can I then take that to him and learn from him? So 
the Jones were amazing. They poured into me greatly. Um, just not even just, I, I did a discipleship with his wife, Jamie. She was incredible. She helped me grow a lot, but also just seeing them as a, as a married couple and then also kids in leading a ministry for athletes. That was so amazing to me. And that's when I realized that's what I want to do. Whether it's FCA or our own thing, I want to work with athletes and I want to do it from a spiritual point. I want to work with athletes' spiritual health Mm -hmm. and not just their health and not just athletes, but their spiritual health. So that's what brought me to Indiana Wesleyan. Obviously, Brayden touched on how Charlie Carpenter told him to marry me, take me away and bring me to Indiana. But that's what we're doing here. And I think the sports ministry program at IWU is pretty... It's fairly new. Fairly so, new. I think it's only a couple of years. So we're here pursuing sports ministry degrees, which is exactly what we want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll kind of jump a little bit into one day, yeah, unless well, you, do no, you have anything. No, let's give them a little rundown of one day. So I One Day at a Time Athletes is our ministry name. And it started... I kind of founded it. I don't know what the right word is for creating a ministry, but... You could, I guess you could call it founding. Um, I founded One Day at a Time Athletes in early 2019, which was right smack dab in the middle of what I was going through medically. Mm-hmm. So so back in 2019, what, what did One Day look like then compared to right. what you picture it now? So back then, it really was just a website I created. Because I, this was before we knew each other. Yep. This was about a, a little less than a year. Yeah. So... It basically was a website where I connected with athletes going through hard stuff, which wasn't so hard because my story had become state known. And a lot of athletes in those times, we band together when you're injured. Mm -hmm. So a lot of just relationships with athletes who were going through similar things fell in my lap. And I was just like, going through what I went through, I felt so alone. And I felt like nobody could possibly understand what I was going through. Right. Like not a single person. People would be like, oh, I get it. You know, and the worst injury they've had was a sprained ankle in 1996. So, you know, it's just like I had tons of people saying, oh, I had an injury once and I get it. I feel you. It's hard. Yeah. And it's hard because they do get it to a certain extent because that's the worst they've known. Mm -hmm. And that's their hard. And yep. so I never, I hate when people compare their stories to other people because your heart is your heart and you haven't gone through somebody else's heart. Mm-hmm. So your everyone's heart different. is valid. Yeah, it's not, different. yeah, it, your heart is, is valid just like the person next to you, mm-hmm. their hurt is valid. So it was more just like, how can I help give a platform for people, specifically athletes to tell their story and get an opportunity just to like get things off their chest? Mm-hmm. Just be like, this is the raw emotion of what I've been through. And I wasn't, it was kind of funny because I wasn't intending it to look like a ministry in the sense of like them explaining their story and how God fit in. It just happened. And right. that's just the goodness of God saying, hey, right. I gave you the idea, but let me work and guide this because mm-hmm. it's going to become a ministry one day. And I had no idea. Yeah. I had no big visions for it. Mm-hmm. It was more just, this is cool. God kind of took over that yeah. for you. So great athletes, high school athletes, said their testimonies, wrote them. We haven't, I mean, since then, we haven't had a lot of athletes tell their stories. We just haven't really given them the opportunity to because we've been trying to build one day up as a ministry so it can be something 
um, like a platform for opportunities for athletes to tell their stories, but also giving them the resources and coming alongside them. So it's not just this like one and done thing. Right. Right. Um, Just bigger than what it was back then. Yeah. So, I mean, and I met you in 2020 Mm -hmm. and really that's when I introduced it to you. And it was kind of not really like a ministry idea yet for us. I don't think that came until this year. Not for us. I mean, you you were still doing it, but not... Very loosely. We weren't doing it together at that point. It wasn't until, I would say, we got engaged where we started having conversations about it. But it really um, didn't start till last August when we both had a deep conversation about like doing it together yeah like this august like last august before we moved here mm-hmm. yeah I, it was crazy too because it happened so fast we right. talked about it we came here Braden started school i wasn't sh- yet sold on school until second semester mm-hmm. and so in 2023 i started school yep. and then i saw they had sports ministry and i was like boom i gotta do that because i gotta get surrounded by people who can pour into me and mm-hmm. help me spiritually mature yeah so I would say that's when I think really when I started school, we had another conversation and we were like, okay, we share the same passions. This is what we want to yeah. do. And that was kind of when we were like, we want one day at a time athletes to become a ministry, something that we do for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And I'd say the crazier part is, is I'd say three months ago, we were dreaming it up about what it would look like after we graduate. Yeah. And and now we're kit starting it now. now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thanks to some very special people, but yeah, we, I think it was crazy. We, Brayden literally took us on a picnic mm-hmm. and we were eating lunch and Brayden was just like, I just want to talk about one day. Like, what do we want out of it? What do we envision for it? And how can we continue to build ourselves up now to be successful ministry leaders in one day at a time athletes after college? By, yeah. By the time we graduate. And then it was just nuts because literally we <laughs> we talked about it. We envisioned. We started looking at different communities that we would land in. And then not even a month later, we m- met with um, Jeff and Angie, who are incredible ministry leaders out of Converse, Indiana. And they we kind of met them right when we came here, mm-hmm. poured into us. And they have been a part of an incredible ministry called Compass. And just some very generous people who are all a part of Compass and who are running Compass and who are getting Compass off the ground. They really poured into us and share the same passions with us about one day at a time athletes. Granted, their ministry is very a lot broader. They deal with family, marriage. They want to pour into kids, college students, college athletes, worship services like They want it to be, you know, just this broad thing, great which is incredible. Ministry. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it's literally, gonna, it's going to be a great ministry. So we've been a part of that. Thankfully, they brought us along for the journey, and we're mm-hmm. very grateful for them because I feel like Brandon and I have learned a lot of practical ministry. Oh yeah, with even, watching them, even in the last month. I mean, oh, yeah. going to the first service, yeah, looked a lot different, different. for the both of us. Yeah, but it, it it was good. But that's what they want because yeah. that's how the world's moving, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. I felt I leave there every Sunday encouraged to keep the conversations going all throughout the week, which is literally their mm-hmm. mission. It's a purpose, yeah. So we've met great families through that, great people who share the same passions and who want to give us the freedom to start our ministry now. And so, um, 
you know, we met with some great people. Toby and his wife um, have just really come alongside us and said, we're going to, you know, we're going to support you guys and you let us know how we can support your ministry and Mm -hmm. just give you guys the freedom to start one day at a time athletes, because that's a ministry that's needed now, not Mm -hmm. three years from now, not five years from now, not a year from now, but right now. And so I think hearing that we were just like, okay. Yeah. What are we waiting for? So what, yeah. What are we actually waiting for? We can do it now. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how One Day came to be. Mm -hmm. But you guys still are probably like, what the heck is One Day at a Time Athletes? And why that name? It's kind of long. But I battled with some logos at the beginning, but we've landed on a logo, which is a mountain. And then underneath it, it just says One Day at a Time Athletes. So why the mountain? Why the mountain? Why did we choose the mountain? I I think in life, no matter whether you're an athlete or just right. someone working a job. Yeah, just anybody. Anybody. No matter who you are, you are going to always be climbing towards a goal. At least I encourage you to be climbing towards something. Right. Climbing towards that peak. But there, there's going to be times when you're down in the valley, you're feeling down. And for like us athletes, that could be going through an injury, getting benched, someone stealing your spot. There's going to be a time when you're down in the valley. Yeah, facing hardships. But it's it's important through that valley is you you accept yourself in the valley, but you work on how can I get back to the peak? How can I be the best version of myself? Right. And that might look different from when you're trying to climb the first peak you're striving towards. You might be striving towards something, get knocked down, be in the valley, and you strive towards something else. Right. It, it looks different for everyone. It's a constant climb. You're yeah. climbing up and down a mountain. Mm-hmm. I think too, like for me and you now, we both have experienced that. And so I think our goal in that is you're climbing a mountain constantly in your life till the day the Lord brings you home. And I mean, like you just said, that looks so different for everybody. But our mission also is to just make sure that athletes realize that God is good both on the peak and in the valley. Yeah, I think um, it's important to realize that God is with you always. Even, even through those silent times when you're in the valley and you feel like he's not there. It's important to remember he is there. And even when you're on the mountaintop and everything's going so good, it's so important to remember that God's still there and he's the one that got you there. Because yeah. I think a lot of times when we get to that peak, we, we often forget as people um, the goodness of God and like how we got there. And we, we get selfish a little bit and think we did it ourselves. Right. At least that's that's something I've been battling with lately, and I think this injury has humbled me a lot through that. Absolutely. And also, kind of to go along with the mountain, I think the verse Romans eight thirty seven goes great. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's where the word hupernikeo comes from, which hupernikeo means to be more than a conqueror. I actually have it tattooed on my arm. And it has been a constant reminder for me to just keep pushing through the hard times, and it, it carried me through a lot of dark days in my story. And I think that also goes along with the mountain because we constantly, you know, specifically when we're talking about athletes, have to be more than conquerors through our entire career in sports. And how, what does that look like when sports are done? Because they will be done at some point. Yeah, no matter where you're at. No matter where you're at. college, professional. Your sport will end. They end. So what, how can we be more than conquerors in our sport? And we, and we learn that discipline, we learn that self-discipline, we learn that purpose 
we learn that hard work ethic, all of that. And how can we as athletes take that same mentality and take it out into the real world? And that's what our ministry is all about is coming alongside athletes and being like, hey, your worth doesn't stop with your sport. Mm -hmm. You're not just an athlete. You're not just a basketball player. You're not just a football player. That's not all you are. No, you're a child of God. So many things make up who you are. Yeah. And that's because that's how God makes you. Yeah. And like you just said, you are first a child of God. Yep. So, and I think that that's, that's really what our ministry is all about is we want to make sure athletes aren't putting their entire identity in their sport because then all of a sudden one day it ends and they're like, whoa, who am I? Yeah. They're going I through think, a crisis. I think a lot of people struggle, yeah. whether they get injured and they're done or the, they go four years through high school and yeah. are done, four years through college and are done. No matter what, I think a lot of people struggle and struggle oh, yeah. seeing their self-worth once sports are done. Well, and they're just like, they're confused. The the discipline, the just constant. I mean, think of the time you're on, like the just the schedule you're on. It creates so much discipline for mm -hmm. you. And what in the world, you go from, you know, a football, let's take a football schedule, for example. You go from what? Morning lifts, runs, practices, Ooh, meetings. Camp. Yeah. It's busy all day. Yeah. You go meetings, film, practice, individuals, team stuff, all this stuff. And it creates this discipline. And then you also have to balance classes in that. And so mm -hmm. you're just creating this incredible discipline in yourself. And then all of a sudden you stop, you graduate, you come out and you walk into real life and you're like, whoa, I don't yeah. know. What to, I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Nobody taught me how to do this mm -hmm. on my own. And yeah. where does God fit into all this? And so I think that that is really, I mean, our mission is literally to encourage athletes to put their identity in Christ while using their sport as a platform to glorify God. Yeah, I think um, it's important for us to realize that God is moving through our lives. And it's important to realize that early on, no matter what stage of life we're at, um, it's important that we have the motivation after our sport to continue pursuing a life for Christ and just diving deeper into the word and seeing our self-worth and just helping that motivate you get through the, get through the hard days. Cause, cause those days always come whether yeah. they haven't, they will someday. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and another part of our mission too, is we want to share that relentless pursuit of athletes overcoming difficult journeys mm -hmm. and, and just, also their comeback stories as well as their stories on using their platform, aka their sport, mm -hmm. to glorify God. Yeah, just putting that identity in God yeah, rather and, than their sport. And how can we provide resources and opportunities and motivation for them to do just that yeah. by how, making how, their sport a platform? How like you always say, how can we get in the hurt with them? Oh yeah, that's or a how, passion. How can we help them? Even if they're not injured, how can we help them grow? Yeah. I think I mean, I feel like now you share that passion is Brayden and I, this whole ministry is getting in the hurt with athletes because we've both experienced sitting on the sidelines injured and you kind of feel worthless and not intentionally. No, no. coach is like, oh, you're mm -hmm. worthless to me. But they have a business to run. It makes sense. They have a team to run. They're chasing after wins. It's a business. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't stop. Like, no. Sports don't stop with just you. Just it's you. A, it's a team. So, I mean, you sit on the sidelines and you watch other athletes take your spot, do well, and you're happy for them. They're your teammates. But at the same time, you're just like, that should be me. And mm -hmm. so how can we, as you know, ministers, Brayden and I, come alongside those athletes on the sidelines and say, hey, you have worth and it's in Jesus Christ. Yeah, you have more worth. Yeah, than... you're not just this. 
Mm-hmm. And you're not also just your injury. Mm-hmm. You're a child of God. And God has placed passions inside of you that don't just end with your sport. Yeah. It's just about creating that yeah. relationship. That could be, I mean, a multitude of things. How can we help athletes realize, I have a passion for coaching. I have mm-hmm. a passion for being an athletic trainer. And how can we help them with the resources to take those out into the real world and just perform like an athlete in real life for God? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just carry that discipline over into everyday life. Yeah. And we also want to just create a community of athletes to be like, hey, you know what? You're going through a similar injury that we've connected with another athlete. Let's connect you two and let's have them minister to each other. Mm -hmm. Push each other. Like, let's say somebody is in two years going through the same surgery Braden just went through. Braden is in a place where he gets to minister to another person and say, hey, I've been there. I know exactly how this process feels. Mm -hmm. And even though emotions are different, for every single person, that doesn't mean Braden can't go alongside someone and say, hey, I'm going to get in the hurt with you. I'm going to get in the trenches. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to help you see God in all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just help them help them feel as unlost as possible. Yeah. Just helping them feel found through God. Yeah, because that's the biggest thing is, mm-hmm. is you are not lost. Yeah. You, that's a, that's you're a, never lost. That's a weird way of saying yeah. it, but yeah. You are not lost. Mm-hmm. You are That's, always found in Jesus Christ. Yeah, sorry if that was confusing. No, it makes sense though. So yeah, so yeah, and I think along with that, we also are just we talked about our logo and the meaning behind it, and just about one day and kind of our mission behind one day, and and so that leads us into Brayden and I had to pick, just had to, we wanted to pick a verse that kind of just summarized a little bit about one day and also kind of what we could be like, hey, athletes, this is a great verse to turn to. Turn to it in your Bibles, read it, meditate it, learn it, and apply it to your life. And Yeah, pick it apart. Pick apart what speaks to you. And have verses, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, Stating, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike like a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Amazing verse. Yeah, it's Let powerful. me just say that. Very powerful verse. Very confusing verse too. Mm-hmm. It's there's not a, just for, there's a lot of things in there. Yeah, a lot to unpack. So, I mean, honestly, we, we chose this verse because as athletes, we are required to be disciplined and work extremely hard, right? I mean, there's no lie in that. That is it's just the, the blank truth. Job. <laughs> yeah. So, and as Christians, it honestly takes the same work ethic. And so as Christian athletes, we must take that same discipline and hard work and that we put into our training um, and into our sports and use it in our Christian walk as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just stop with sports and it doesn't just start with sports. It doesn't just not. stop it's, or start um, with being an athlete either. It's about seeing the heavenly reward. Mm-hmm. What's to come after yeah. after death? Not the earthly. Yeah. It's, it's not pursuing so, earthly things that we get yeah. so caught up into. So how can we encourage athletes to chase after the heavenly reward and not the earthly reward, yeah. which is only lasting momentarily? Yeah, who knows how long, but it's just taking that discipline. Right. Because 
discipline is hard. It's hard to get. And I think athletes are blessed in a way that they learn discipline through that sport. And and it's just about taking that discipline. And like we've we've said in this podcast a lot, it's just taking it into everyday life yeah. with you and using that to your advantage. Yeah. And I think that, you know, towards the end of that verse, um, it talks about preaching to others. And I think, you know, we must run the race as Christians and share the gospel with others. And a great way to do this is by using our sport as a platform to glorify the Lord and bring others to a relationship with him through our stories, through how we act to other teammates, to how we act to other players, opponents, to coaches, to how we carry ourselves in our sports and how we react to failure, losses, winning. I mean, how, how as a Christian, you have a target on your back. But as a Christian athlete, you've got a big target on your back. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a high school athlete, college athlete, pro athlete, people are watching you. People are always watching you. Kids are looking up to you. Mm-hmm. Parents are watching you. Coaches are watching you. College coaches are watching you. Yeah. I mean, it's endless. And so how yeah. can you be a vessel for the Lord? How do you carry yourself? Are, are you living the life that you're saying? Yeah. Because for me in high school, I said I was a Christian, but right. behind closed doors, definitely not. Yeah. And, and sucks admitting, but and it's just the truth. Yeah. And how can we come alongside athletes and mm-hmm. say, hey, your worth begins with you are a child of God. Yeah. And your sport is a gift. And it now needs to become a platform for you to use to glorify God, no matter what that looks like. If you get injured and you can't play anymore, use it. Right. Use it as a testimony, as a platform to bring other people to the Lord, because that is always going to be your calling Mm -hmm. is to make his name known. Absolutely. And that can look like a million different things. And just because one thing ends doesn't mean that God's not waiting to bring you to something bigger and better. Mm -hmm. And I think Brayden and I have found that with our testimonies is, Yes, I put a lot of time into basketball. But now I'm sitting here in a room doing a podcast with my husband at 22. And we're starting a ministry that we didn't think was going to get off the ground for a long time. And I look back at everything that I had to go through and the sport I lost. And as heartbreaking as it was to go through and as hard as it was to go through, God makes beauty out of the hard. And Mm. I think that we're walking testimonies of that now. And it's hard. I mean, we still go through hard days. We still go through challenging, mentally tough days. But I think sitting here and just remembering the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. Seeing his faithfulness through those valleys. Absolutely. And that's that's why the mountains. Mm -hmm. Is we see his faithfulness through the valleys to bring us to those peaks. Mm -hmm. That's, That's his strength getting us there. Yep. And so... It's all about, as athletes, walking in obedience and just understanding that you have a bigger purpose. God's got a way bigger plan for you. And your sport is a platform to be used to glorify him and make his name known and to just love on others. And that's what Braden and I are here to do is love on you guys, love on all those athletes, come alongside the injured ones and just help help you guys use that sport as a platform and how can we how can we motivate you, give you the resources? And <clears throat> so we're very excited. So yeah, yeah. I, I think too, we'll, you know, looking ahead, we're going to have some guests on the podcast, people who can keep, hopefully, 
Hopefully, hopefully we'll get hopefully some. Hopefully we can recruit <laughs> some people. Uh, but yeah, just people, you know, not just athletes who have been there, done that, gotten through it. Um, but, you know, they'll bring their insights, their motivation, their encouragement. But also we will do our best to bring in people who can just equip you with just some things to help you get through some tough times. And if you're a perfectly healthy athlete, this is for you too. So mm-hmm. um, how can we equip you with the mentality to keep your identity separate from your sport and just view it more as just a gift mm-hmm. and a platform rather than it just is all who you are. Yeah. God blessed you with that sport. Yeah. Use it to glorify him. Yep. So that's a big part. The podcast is a huge part. Um, we're going to be... <laughs> Social media is going to be a big part. Mm-hmm. We're going to be, uh, hopefully, sh- we just opened up a form that you can find on our website in the link um, in our bio. It's through the link in our bio on Instagram and also Facebook. It's on our website as well. If you go to our website and you push on the tab and you go down to share your story, it's going to bring you to a link where you fill out a form. When you get to the part that says share your testimony, you do not have to share your whole testimony. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and just a little bit about maybe what injury you faced, hardship. It doesn't have to be an injury. You can Mm -hmm. talk about a hardship. It doesn't matter. And we'll do our best to get back to you guys as soon as possible. Um, On Instagram, if you go to the link in our bio, it's at the very top called Athlete Story Form, I think. Something like that. It's super easy to find. Super easy to find. And then go fill that out. Submit it. Put a picture in there if you want. Not op- It's not required, mm-hmm. but it does help us put a face to the name. So we are very excited about that. We're going to, I mean, we've got big things coming in the future and we're just kind of starting to create those relationships. And I think for Brayden, I mean, he's going to be starting that relationship with football. We're going to try and start that relationship with some of the other athletes mm-hmm. and coaches on campus. And so... Uh, really, it's just all about growing and getting to know you guys and coming alongside you guys and just building those relationships. Yeah. Hopefully. How can we help you guys? Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. Yeah, absolutely. Our contact info is on the website, on our Instagrams. I mean, you if you need something, we're here. And that's our passion, getting in the hurt with you guys. Absolutely. So, so thank you for listening. And we appreciate this one's a lot shorter. So, yeah. <laughs> Not by much. <laughs> But we uh, just appreciate you guys coming along for the ride with us and just supporting us and just listening and realizing that we are not much farther ahead of anybody. We are right there with you. Oh, yeah, we're we, still growing. Yeah, we are just, all we want to do is come alongside you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have anything special. So absolutely, just, just walking in obedience with God mm-hmm. and wanting to share that. Yep, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be seeing you.